a Sunday school teacher was taking the children up from the undercroft up to the church to join the rest for communion. But before they came into the sacred space, he said, Now boys and girls, why is it necessary that we be quiet in church? And little Annie replied, Because people are sleeping. (laughs) Now thankfully, none of you are snoring yet. But what exactly are you and I doing here? Today is the first Sunday of Lent, and Lent is the season of the church year in which you and I are to come down from the mountaintop of simply saying, yes, I believe in God, down into the desert of changing the details of our lives. And that's something we should do as individuals, absolutely. But it's also something we should do as a parish family, as a Christian community. But what exactly is a Christian community? Well, we're exploring that during this Lent by looking at five characteristics of Christian community. And the first is a worshiping community. A Christian community worships. Repeat after me, worships. Good. Most of you are still awake. The first of the also always includes an account of Jesus' 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, in the desert, where he was tempted by the devil. Now the version that we just heard from Mark is the shortest version, it's sort of the Cliff Notes edition. And it simply tells us that in a sort of spiritual way, Jesus came, Jesus saw, Jesus conquered. But Matthew's Gospel fills us in on some of the details of Satan's temptations. And it reminds us that Satan took Jesus high on a mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. You remember Jesus' famous reply? Sounds like a good deal, is that what you said? Yeah, I said, Away with you, Satan. Worship only the Lord and serve Him. Christians are a people who worship the triune God. Christians are a people who worship the triune God. And any community which wishes to call itself a Christian community must see as its fundamental purpose the worship of the Almighty. Schools can educate, hospitals can heal, agencies can feed the poor, activists can work for justice. But it's only the local church that gathers people to worship Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, it's worth adding or saying that historically, almost all of the great educating, healing, feeding, and justice movements were anchored also in the worship of the Almighty. Without worship being its anchor, the ship that is the local church gets tossed to and fro on the waves of individual parishioners' passions and pet peeves. My fellow Anglican Dominican, who wears the same habit, Brother Jason Gadbury, he writes this about worship. Quote, 
Worship is essential for our humanity. The spiritual traditions all recognize that we tend to become like what we worship. If this is true, then the question shouldn't be whether or not we worship, but what or whom. End of quote. Brother Jason is right. You and I as people, as human beings, it's in our nature to worship. We are worshiping creatures. We can't help it. Whether we are worshiping the true God, or whether we are settling, like we often do, for the lesser God, the lesser idols of comfort, money, power, success, sex, whatever the case may be. Now, it's in your nature to organize your life around the things that you think are most important. And whether you wish to admit it or not, those things direct your life. They actually shape who you are. They mold the person that you become. Now, actually, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's simply how it works. Just ask any sociologist or psychologist. That's how it works. And it's great if your worshiping priorities are in order. But it's a disaster if they're not. Now, Christianity is not against appropriate comforts, the right use of money, people ethically being successful, the exercise of power for the good, or the celebration of the Creator's gift of sex. But all these make very poor substitutes for God. Every time you come through the red doors of this beautiful space, and you pick up your book of common prayer, you are declaring, whether you know it or not, the most elementary lesson of life, of the spiritual life. There is a God, and it's not me. Any authentic Christian community is a worshiping community. And that will be reflected from Sunday mornings, to how the budget is handled, and to all the meetings and the rest. To echo last week's gospel reading, to echo last week's gospel reading, Everything we do will help us to listen to Him. If you're still awake, say Amen. If you're sleeping, go ahead and snore. So, how's your worship life going? Are you just saying words on the page? Or are you directing those words to God? Are you just singing hymns? And by the way, singing and worship is not about performance. I have a mediocre singing voice. You can have a horrible singing voice. It's about honoring God, about being part of the community. So sing. But are you just singing hymns? Or are you singing to a divine someone? Are you just receiving a bit of bread and wine? Or also by faith, are you encountering the real presence of our Lord? During the periods of silence, are you thinking, are you reflecting, are you praying? Are you just relishing the, being in the presence of God and God's people? Or are you just sitting there twiddling your thumbs going, okay, what's next? Now, sometimes there are seasons in your life and mine, and Sundays in between, where the structure of the liturgy carries you. There are Sundays and there are seasons in life where you're just too angry, you're too upset, you're too numb, you're in too much pain, you're too hurt, you're too busy dealing with a little one. Whatever the case may be, 
And in that situation, the prayers of the community, the love of the community, the structure of the liturgy carries you. Because you can't really worship or pray in attention. And actually, that, folks, is one of the strengths of our style of worship. And if you're in one of those seasons right now, or having one of those Sundays, it's okay. God cares about you. We care. Tell us how we can help. But, but, if you never think about the words that you are saying, if you always casually approach the altar of the Almighty, if you never have a sense of the holy, of the luminous, of the mystery, as you worship with God's people... Those are signals. Signals that you need to attend to your worship life. Ignore those signals at the peril of your spiritual health. Now, as your new spiritual physician in residence, let me make a diagnostic and a challenge. We cannot be a Christian community unless we are a worshiping community. And we cannot be a worshiping community if you and I are not growing as individual worshipers. So, how's your worship life going? Turn to your neighbor and say, how's your worship life going? This plant worship more deeply. This plant worship more intentionally. I mean, for goodness sakes, after what happened this last week, we are reminded that we live in a beautiful but very broken world. And we all need to be anchored in the worship of the God of love. So worship more seriously. Worship more joyfully. And if you haven't thought about this, and maybe you've left it off, maybe you used to do this, think about how you would prepare to receive Holy Communion. How you would prepare for the Eucharist. Think about that as an individual, if your situation, if it's a couple or a family. Think about how you actually prepare. And if you have no clue, well, ask around. There's a lot of resources here. Ask around. Ask me. That's what spiritual physicians, priests are for, among other things. Little Johnny, after going to church one morning, at the end of Sunday night, he was at his bed and he was praying. I have good news, people of St. John's. God is here. Come, let us worship. Amen.